Hi guys, today's video is all about where do you stack up when it comes to income and wealth across the UK population. Are you in the middle? Are you above average, below average? We're going to break all of that down. There is a lot of obscurity in this area because money is a taboo. People really struggle to ask these types of questions with each other. So hopefully going into this in a bit more detail is going to give you a lot more clarity and confidence on where you are and what you can do differently knowing this kind of information. Okay, so let's jump in. Hi, my name is James Corsair and welcome to the Money Paradox podcast. Yes, we're going through that really interesting subject of where do we stack up in income and wealth across the UK population. But not just that, we're going to look at how we can take this information and start to make a view on what that means to us and how we can do things differently going forward to make ourselves have a more financially strong future. Okay, but before we uh, go on, guys, don't forget to like, subscribe, share this video to others that you think would benefit from it. Okay, so firstly, I want to call out that the statistics that I use for this video are from the Office for National Statistics, right? So you cannot get really better than this. It is the UK's largest independent producer of official statistics, and it is the recognised national statistical institute for the UK. Okay, so you know I'm not using kind of uh, some random bits of information from a small sample step from from a random newspaper article. This is statistics straight from the ONS that I have put together. Guys, I'm going to give you the links in the show notes. I'm going to give you uh, a couple of summary slides or summary tables that you guys, you can go check that out and see where you are. Uh, but I'm just going to kind of free roll and I'm going to give you what I think are the most relevant numbers to this video. But you know, if you want to use that as reference or to kind of go into a bit more detail in your own time, then guys, definitely do that. The more research in this area, the more you can kind of fill your head with uh, with kind of interesting, kind of juicy data that will help you get clearer. All right, brilliant. So firstly, let's go into income, right? Because this is the one that people always talk about. People don't tend to talk about wealth so much. It's mainly income focus. So the the fifty percent percentile. Okay, before we go on. Let me define what percentile means. So usually when we're looking at statistics in, in, in these types of figures, we split the UK population into effectively a hundred different little parts. Okay, So a percentile means, so if you're the 50th percentile, it means there's 50% of people earning less than you and 50% of people earning more than you. So that would be the most common income. Not the average income, but the most common income, right? Is 50% of the population earn more, 50% of the population earn less. At that point, okay, £24,000 is the income, the most common income, right? So, first thing for me at least, maybe a different view for you, is that is quite low, right? 
You've got to think, 50% of the population in the UK earn less than that, right? So of that, only 22,000 is kept. So 2,000 pounds, roughly, is taxed. So that means that 8% of your income is taxed. So again, pretty low. So for the average person, very little is taken in respect of tax. Now you could say that's fair because of that kind of income, they don't have much money to be taxed, but still it is fairly low, right? So next, let's look at the top 10%. So the top 10% of the population, so we'd call that the 90th percentile, earn 55,000 pounds. So about double what it is on the most common, so the 50th percentile. 55,000 pounds. So again, first thing for me that I'm thinking there is, that is pretty low as well. Right? So you might think that's quite a high income, not sure, depending on your situation, but 55,000 pounds. So you've got to think, only 10% of the population earns more than that, right? That seems pretty low. And I'll come on to later why I think that is such a low figure, okay? So, 10% earn, earn more than that. So, you know, if you're above that number, then you might be thinking, brilliant, you know, I'm doing pretty well when it comes to the national average. But then let's look at how much they have post-tax. Well, that's 46,000, so 10, about nine, 10,000 pounds, 9,000 pounds in tax, which comes to 16% of your money is taxed. So definitely higher than it is at the most common number, the 50th percentile. But let's go even higher at the 99th percentile, right? It jumps up really high here. So 175,000 pounds is what people earn at that point. So top 1%, right? If you earn 175,000 pounds, there's only 1% of the population that are earning more than that. So a big number, yes, it's a big number, but again, you know, if you think about it, it I was kind of expecting it to be a lot, lot higher. Okay, but the big difference here is what it is, it's like an exponential curve, okay? So as you go from 50% to 90%, you're only really doubling, 24,000 to 55,000, but to 99%, you know, you're tripling, more than tripling to go just 9% higher. At that point, 34% of what you earn is taxed. So as you go into those higher incomes, a bigger percentage of your money is being taxed, which would make sense because the tax brackets at those higher numbers uh, are higher, okay? Now, a lot of people say that, you know, people who earn a lot of money get taxed less, or actually pay less tax because they know how to avoid it. So it seems on the face of it, that, that that's not the case. They're actually paying quite a lot more. And again, I'll come on to later why I think that is the case, why the statistics show they're actually paying high amount of taxes, but why that actually might be mis, misrepresenting the reality of the situation, okay? Now let's look at the lower figures. So if you go down to the bottom 10%, you're earning 14,000 pounds, right? So only 10% of the population earn less than 14,000 pounds. And of that, effectively, nothing is taxed. 
So your take home pay is still 14,000, which again makes sense because either you're getting income support and the majority of your money is, uh, is not taxed or you're getting <coughs> so little that the personal allowances and so on uh, cover the majority of your income. So effectively at that point, you're paying very little to no tax. At the one percentile, so the bottom one percent, 12,000 pounds is the average income. So when you get down to those lower end, it doesn't really change much. So from 50th percentile to 10th percentile, right, it goes from 24,000 to 14,000, and then the bottom 1% to 12,000, which kind of makes sense because in the UK, we have a system where if you're at the bottom level of income, then you have a safety net, right? So there are many different things accessible to you to be able to supplement your income to make sure your income uh, is, is not too low so that you can have a some form of living and be able to cover your expenses. Now you may argue that is lower than it should be and it should be much higher and some, some countries make sure that number is higher but again for the UK we have that kind of system and that's why it tends to hit a kind of uh, a plateau, right? a threshold at which it doesn't really go beyond that number. Okay, so again if you want to look in to the details and the exact percentiles of where you sit, go check out the show notes for a bit more information there, all right? So first thing I'm gonna say is that the income exponentially increases. And I think it's really important to link that to a big topic that I'm a fan of, and that is the power of compounding. And I think with a lot of these types of figures, you know, we'll look into wealth in a second, but when you start to increase how much you earn, right, and you start to increase you know, where you go up in terms of where you sit in the percentile, the numbers between those really start to accelerate. And that's because the types of jobs and types of things that you need to do to move up that ladder make big shifts, okay? So if you're looking to move up, and start to increase how much you earn, right? Even though you may feel right now you're not earning that much and it doesn't feel like you know you can do much to be able to shift that number, as you move through those smaller numbers and you move to bigger and bigger numbers, it starts to become easier to start to rack up higher and higher figures of income, all right? And you'll see that most companies, when you look at how much people earn, the bottom kind of 50% earn pretty similar amounts. But then as you start to move up to the people that are more senior within the organization, the differences between their income increase dramatically. Now that's one because of what we call the tournament scheme. You know, you have these really big numbers at the top that everybody's kind of chasing for, they're like the idea of, but not many people can get, okay? So you've got to be bearing in mind that, but also it's because you know there's few of those roles and there's big differences in how much value those people are providing to the, the organization. All right, I'm going to stop there. But the key thing here is that, for me at least, is the average income for most people in the UK is pretty, pretty low. 
even when you start to get into higher percentiles, it doesn't increase that much. It only really dramatically increases towards the top few percentiles. So let's dive into the top 10%, all right? 90th percentile, 55,000. Then it goes to 58,000 at the 91st percentile, then 61,000, then 65,000. So as you go up one percentile each time, you're increasing by 3,000, 3,000, four, five, seven, not much in between those. But when you start to get to the top three, okay, it increases by 13,000, 22,000, and then 54,000. So to go from the 98th percentile to the 99th, you're increasing by a whole 54,000 pounds. That is double, right, what the, the kind of most common person within the UK earns, all right? So again, it is this big compounding curve that you see in incomes. Now let's go into work, because I think that is a really interesting thing to look at. Most people think about the income and where do they stack up on that. When they think of becoming rich, they think of earning a lot of money. Now, I am a big advocate of focusing on wealth, not income. And you look at the most financially successful people, that is what they focus on. And I would say that is what determines whether someone is, is rich or wealthy, you know, is in the word. And that's because, you know, wealth you can rely on. Wealth can regularly provide you income on a recurring basis without even having to work. Whereas income, income is in exchange for working, right? So each year you need to go out and work that year to make that income. So if you stop working, you stop making that income and therefore you become poor again. Now, you could, a lot of people could say, well, you know, if you're making income from sources where you're not working, that's still income? Yes, it is. But usually that income is being derived from wealth, from some retained uh, assets that are providing that income. And those inherent assets, those assets sitting behind that passive income, effectively, is wealth. Okay, so that is the thing you want to be focusing on. So interestingly, just as, a, as an important segue, £24,000 to be the most common income. When you look at wealth, the 50th percentile, £221,000. I was blown away by that. I thought that was pretty high. So you only need to earn £24,000 a year to, to, be the, to be at that middle level, but you need to have retained £221,000 to be at that same level from a wealth perspective. Much, much higher, okay? Now, if you're going to the bottom percentiles, the bottom 10% of the UK population earn less than 11,000, sorry, not earn, have less than 11,000 pounds in wealth. The bottom 1% minus 18,000 pounds, so actually in debt, okay? so. At those bottom levels, you can see that it's very difficult to get back out of that because you're at such a low wealth. It's very, it's, you know, you're not able to then leverage the ability to make money from your money. Okay, so constantly having to go out, make more money by earning, right? And you can't rely on that compounding effect, like I've talked about in other videos.
if you look at the top 10% uh, of the population, their wealth is over one million pounds. Huge, absolutely huge. So again, from income point of view, just 55,000 pounds is needed to be in the top 10% from an income point of view. From a wealth point of view, over one million, a massive number. We look at the top uh, 1%, okay, 175,000 pounds of income, but 2.4 million in wealth. So the numbers, one, are pretty high, okay, but two, they get much higher on the kind of upper end. But let's dive into why we think that might be the case. But before I go into that, there was a really interesting article I read the other day, and that's what prompted me for doing this video. It was talking about how the top 80, sorry, the top 5% of incomes earn, uh, just uh, sorry, if you earn 80,000 pounds, okay, then you're in the top 5% of the UK from an income point of view, right? So, you know, you might think, well, if I earn 80,000 pounds, you know, I'm one of the richest people in this country. I'm earning a huge amount of money. But then if you look at, from a wealth point of view, you would need to have 1.4 million pounds to be in the top 5%. So a very different picture. I would say the majority of people earning 80,000 pounds do not have 1.4 million pounds in wealth. So why do we have this? Why do we have such a big difference between income and wealth? Well, the statistics don't tell me this, but I can tell you my personal view. And that is because the wealthiest people do have control over how much income they make. So if you think about it, if you have a million pounds in the bank, you don't need to go out and make more money. You don't need to go out and get a really high income because you already have wealth. You can spend that wealth to live on, not having to go out and get a job and make more money. The second thing is the people who are the richest within the UK or any kind of uh, country is that they have control over their wealth. So if you work for a company right, and you get paid by that company each year, you're relying on that income, that salary to pay you each year, right? You don't really have much control, right? You might be able to occasionally go and ask for a bit more money in terms of a pay rise or a bonus, but broadly they control it. Also they control when you get it, you get it in the year you earn. But if you're wealthy, right? and you make a lot of money, then you tend to be a kind of person that is entrepreneurial. You tend to have businesses, or you tend to already have that money. And so you're either investing that money, or you have businesses making that money for you. Now, when that money is in a company, then you can decide when that company pays you the income. So if a company makes money, so gets income, that does not go on your tax return. Only goes on your tax return when the company pays you the money. 
So that company gives you a salary or it gives you a dividend, right? You can control in what year you need it. And if you already have money saved up to spend on, you don't need to take that, ta that money out. And the more money you take out, the higher the tax, because you go into higher tax thresholds. In addition, people who have a lot of money, right, or make a lot of money, understand how to avoid tax burn. And this isn't evading tax, right? This isn't kind of doing things to not pay tax that they should do, okay, which is illegal. This is avoiding tax. Legal ways to, re to reduce how much tax you pay. Now you could question uh, whether that should be allowed or whether people should do it, but that is what people do. And I would actually challenge you back if you think that and say that the, the, the point of tax rules is to follow them, okay? As long as you're following to the reason why that those tax rules were written, okay, then it is fine to choose a different path that lowers your tax. And that is what they do. So for example, they put a lot of money into their pension or through pension mechanisms because money put into a pension means lower tax, okay? Or they might keep money in a business because the, uh, the money is then not taxed when it comes into their income, okay? Or they might deal with inheritance rules. So they keep it in a business until they then might want to pass it on to another generation. But the key thing here is that they manage their financial situation so that you lower how much they are taxed. And one of the main ways they do that is reducing how much they declare as income in their personal name, right? So let's dive into it then, right? So 221,000 pounds, the most common or 50th percentile for wealth, right? when we start to think about where does that sit? So when I was looking at this, that the ONS splits this out into four key categories. Wealth in property, wealth in financial instruments or financial assets. So that might be money invested in the stock market and so on. Money in physical assets. So that might be cars, antiques, that kind of thing things that you own that are worth money, and then lastly, your pension, okay? When you look at the bottom 10% of people and you look at their financial assets and their property asset is negative on average. So that means those people tend to be in debt. So they've taken loans out, credit cards and so on, right? They're really struggling. But if you look at their physical assets, it's positive, it's about £8,000. So the majority of their wealth sits in physical assets, things that they consume. And very little sits within a pension. Okay, so first thing here, right, is that, you know, people who are really struggling tend to be people who are in debt within their common financial situations and have most of their money sitting in physical assets, things that they consume, okay? So if that's your situation, then be mindful that you're fitting into the average of the people in the worst situation. And I always think you know, to look to be, if you want to do better, look at the people who are already doing better, how their money is split, how their money 
is structured and start to look to employ more of that type of approach. So as you move to the second percentile, so this is people who are uh, and, you know, from the bottom 10% to the bottom 20%, okay? They have basically, they're kind of flat when it comes to their financial situation. Most of their money sits within physical assets, so consumer goods, so cars, you know, um, things that they own, things like things that they can kind of use, right? So again, key point here is that if the majority of your money sits within things that you own and use, they're not things that are able to make you money in the future, then that should be an alarm bell. Because then what's happening is the way you're making your money and relying on earning more money in the future is through income, through working, exchanging time for money. As you go up the percentiles, you'll see that the amount of share, the share of money that it sits within physical assets versus elsewhere dramatically drops. So from the bottom uh, kind of 20% is 75% physical and it very quickly reduces from 42% to 25%, 18, 14, 11, 9, 7, 5%. So as you start to get into the higher brackets of wealth, a much smaller proportion of your money sits within physical assets. Now, obviously that makes sense in one respect because you have more money, therefore you, know, you don't need as big a share to be in things that you use, right? Because you don't necessarily need that much when it comes to physical assets, okay? So yes, that's true, but it's much, much lower than I think you would potentially expect. And that's because there have been many studies done on this. The richer people are, the less money as a proportion that they earn or have they spend on physical goods. They're pretty frugal. This idea of these really rich people spending loads of money on cars and yachts and planes and stuff doesn't really exist. Yes, they buy these things, but relative, relatively, it's a very low percentage. The way I look at it, and this is certainly the way I, I approach money, is that as you increase the amount that you earn, the increase the amount of money you have in wealth, okay, what you spend in terms of your lifestyle should be like a tail, right? And that tail should lag lower and lower as you increase. So you can increase how much you spend much you consume as you earn more money as you build more wealth but you should be increasing that number less than how much you're building your income and wealth okay it should become a less a lower a lower percentage and by doing that it allows you to exponentialize how much you earn exponentialize how much you build in wealth while still being able to increase your standard of living it gets you both and that's very much what you see in the statistics, and that's very much what you see in most of the studies done on the wealthiest people, right? Now, another thing that was really interesting for me is as you increase in terms of the, the more and more wealthy people that you observe, and you look at how their money is split between property, financial assets, physical assets, and pension, 
an increasingly higher percentage goes into property and pension at first. They're the main areas people put their money, right? And that kind of makes sense because those are two areas that will allow you to make more money. So if property, generally speaking, goes up in the long run, okay? And also, pension, effectively, if you have a pension, that money will be in financial investments, typically. And because it's in a pension, it tends to be long-term investments. You put the money into, say, the stock market or elsewhere, and you're leaving it there for 10, 20, 30, 40 years until you're able to retire. And when you invest in those types of assets and you leave it for the long run, you can make an enormous amount of increases in those funds because they're left to be able to increase but also accumulate. They build, and as the number increases, then you're getting more money in terms of return. The percentage of return is on a higher number. Okay? But then as you get to higher percentiles, so the really highest percentiles, and it's the top 10% when it comes to wealth, then it starts to reduce from a property point of view and a pension point of view, and it goes into financial assets. So financial assets you know, are typically the kinds of things that you'd be investing in as well within a pension, it's just it's not within that pension uh, wrapper. So it'd be taxable, potentially, okay? and also it's more accessible. Now, again, it doesn't tell me why this happens, but you know, if you think about it logically, when you're at those really, really high figures, well, your pension is at such a point you don't really need to put any more money into a pension. Okay? So you're going to put it into other areas that are more accessible. Another thing is that if you're at that level, the kind of wealth you have is so much, it's multiple uh, millions, then the types of things that you're, you're invested in and the type of situations you're in, so big businesses making a huge amount of money, you tend to be doing more kind of financial instruments, more sophisticated investments, and those types of things don't tend to be in a pension, they tend to be in the kind of financial assets bracket, okay? But the key thing here that I think is, was really interesting for me, and hopefully you take the same message home as well, is that for those people that are in the higher wealth brackets, the majority of their money sits in property and pensions. And that's because one, for the most part, the majority of people, they work for many decades until they retire. So, to have a considerable amount of money in their pension makes sense because it's protected from tax, okay? And they know they're gonna be working for a large period of time and then they'll have that money accessible for when they stop working. Equally, property, huge percentage. Now that's partly probably because, you know, uh, high net worth individuals will own their own property. Also, they're clearly investing in a number of properties as well. For them to have that much money in them, it's likely that they're only multiple properties on top. So generally speaking, financially successful people have multiple properties. They make considerable money in property and they 
they have a lot of their wealth in the property. Okay, so generally speaking, when I look at the figures, and then this is the you know kind of an approximate just to give you an idea, it tends to be a 50-40-10 split. So 50% of their wealth in property, 40% in financial investments. So that's effectively the kind of financial assets or pension. Because if you think about it, money and a pension will usually be invested. Okay, so it will be invested within financial assets as well. Okay, it just means they can't necessarily access it. So that 40%, and then just 10% in physical assets. So a very low percentage of their wealth in kind of consumption type assets. Assets that don't provide the money as a return, but actually probably do the opposite are tend to be liabilities that devalue over time. And the percentage around, well, I say 10%, as you get to higher and higher net worth individuals, that percentage dropped 8%, 6, 5, 4, 3%. So when you look at, say, people in the top 20, you know, in the 20th percentile, you know, 20, only 20% of people earning more than, uh, have more wealth than them, only 4% of their money are in goods in physical assets, assets that kind of depreciate or um, don't make the money in the long run. A very, very small percentage, right? So I really want to kind of call that out. All right, guys, so I'll draw it there, but before I finish, I just want to make some conclusions. Firstly, the amount of money you need to be in the higher income tax brackets are pretty low. The most common income in the UK is just £24,000. To be in the top 10%, you just need £55,000. So that is very much attainable, okay? And not necessarily for everybody, but if you, know, you work hard and you look for the right role and you're adding considerable value, you do not need to be earning much to get to that kind of point. It skyrockets when you start to get to the top percentiles, top 1%, 175,000 pounds. But when we look at wealth, which is a much better way of looking at how wealthy you are, how financially strong you are, the numbers are much higher. 221,000 pounds needed to be in, you know, a situation where you're kind of the, in the median range, so you're in that most common point in terms of wealth, so quite high. To get to the top 10%, you need to be earning at least, um, sorry, you need to have at least a million pounds in wealth, so very high. But when we look at how that is split out, the vast majority of that is in property and financial investments. 50% or higher is, uh, is in property, and then the other kind of 40% is in pension and financial assets, and only a small percentage are in physical assets. And that lowers as you get to higher um, percentiles of people, uh, of, the most wealth, of the most wealthy people. And as you get to the more and more wealthy people, the amount of money diminishes out of property diminishes out of physical assets and increases within pension and then into financial investments, okay? 
But guys, I hope you found this video useful. I found it very enjoyable looking into the statistics around this and really getting to understand how, how we look as a country, both generally and at the extremes, at the lower end and also the higher end. Guys, if you found this useful, please do like it, subscribe for future videos. If you'd like to share this with others that are interested in this kind of content, please do. And guys, any thoughts on this, things, questions that come up for you, things that uh, you don't necessarily agree with, or you want to understand more about, please do let me know in the comment section below. I'm more than happy to pick that up uh, after the video. Guys, I hope you have a great week, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye.